All right, boys and girls, if y'all want to begin making your way downstairs, Josh and Kirsten have a exciting lesson in children's church for you. If they're heading down, hey, we well, got to check their ages. You got to be under 12 to go down there. All right. As they head down there, I don't know if you've been with us over the last several weeks, but a few weeks back we started a series called Ancient Paths where really we are talking about what the ancient paths are. We had a little break last week when we had uh, Dr. Robert Griffith come and share with us and tell us a little bit about what's going on in Cuba. But the whole concept here is taken from Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, whenever the prophet is speaking to the people and he says, This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And I think what we've established at least is that some things have gone awry and some people are off path and things are not always as they should be. And this is nothing new, so don't feel like you're special or not special in that regard. Human nature being what human nature is, people tend to go off the path, okay? And this has been happening. And so God has been equipping people, prophets, preachers, people to help others find the right path, okay? And we know that that culminated in the old rugged cross that we just sang about, that's the path that we're trying to, go, to get to, to offer us forgiveness. But once we have accepted that and made a decision to follow Christ, we're to live in such a way that we're following the teachings that Jesus showed us when he was here and that we find in the Bible. And these are the ancient paths. What are, what are some other words we're using ancient paths as a metaphor, okay? But it's really just biblical values, good ways, the right ways, God's ways, okay? All of these are what we're talking about when we seek the ancient path. And ultimately, it's God's way for living. We talked a little bit about how God has designed us. God's given us the map, whether, you know, we, how do we follow in the path that God has for us? And it's these ancient paths. Because everybody's looking for a new way, and new ways are not always better. There is progress, and there's some things that are good, but we don't want to lose what's really important from the past, these ancient paths. And we talked the first week about one of the ways of the ancient path is hard work. If you want to hear that sermon, you can go back and check it out. But, you know, we, we've lost in many ways a sense of hard work. And we see that all around us. If you're involved in any sort of employment or work with people, you realize people don't want to work like they have. They don't have to. We've kind of gotten easy and comfortable. So one of the paths is hard work. The second one we looked at two weeks ago was sacrifice. People are not as willing to make sacrifice, and so there's, there's a, the path that God has for us involves sacrifice. But we're going to look today at the third part, installment of the ancient path, if you will, and that is integrity. Now, if you look in the dictionary at the word integrity, it means the quality of being honest, trustworthy, and having strong moral principles. Another definition is the state of being whole and undivided. The actual root of the word comes from the Latin word that they divide integer, which is like a whole number, and it's not divided. There's no fraction. It's, it's, it's whole. It's complete. And so the concept of integrity is throughout the entire Bible. And I think all of us, if we were honest, which is what we're going to talk about, and looked at, we would say that typically we distrust people because people don't seem to be as inclined to tell the truth around us. In 
years past, I heard my dad say many, many times that he was into commercial real estate and he worked for a company and he said on many occasions they did business with a handshake. Thousands and thousands of dollars could be orchestrated on a handshake or on a man's good word. If someone said something, they did it. How many of us today would take the chance to put something worth lots of money or something very serious on someone's word? Why? Because we realize that people have lost much of their integrity. We see people who are supposed heroes, people who are important, people who are in positions of power who do not tell the truth. They don't live and walk in a manner that gives integrity. They're not displaying the quality of being honest, trustworthy, and having strong moral principles. Now, which leads us to our whole concept of trying to get back to this ancient path. You realize that if you're a Christian, all right, it's really not optional for you to walk in integrity. Like this is part of your calling. And so it's not like, oh, I don't want that part. No, you're supposed to walk in integrity. And we're going to look today at what does that mean? What are some of the marks of integrity? Because integrity encompasses a, a, a lot of words like you know, honesty, trustworthiness, consistency, all these different things. What does it mean for us as Christians to display marks of integrity? Now, hopefully, we want to do that. Now, if <clears throat> to be sincere, we don't always hit the mark in every way. Even if we've accomplished and on the spectrum we are people who walk in integrity, there are areas in our own life, whether it's when we're dealing with ourselves or with others, where we may not walk in perfect integrity because we're not perfect. And so we have to strive to hit these marks of integrity. And there's many different ways we could look at this, but I've just kind of put out three of them that I want us to talk about today. The first mark of integrity that we should strive for if we want to walk down this ancient path and have our life go in God's way, in the good ways, is that number one is we need to tell the truth even when it hurts. Look at what some of the scriptures tell us. Of course, telling the truth goes all the way back to the Ten Commandments. This is how important it is to God. All the way back to the Ten Commandments that came down in stone that God wanted people to live by. In Exodus chapter 26, 2016, he says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie. Tell the truth. So that's a starting point. You realize that we are supposed to tell the truth. Proverbs 12, 17, a truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Colossians 3, 9, where Paul's writing to people who weren't Christians, who weren't following God, but now they're trying to follow God. And he says, what? Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You see, if you're all about yourself and all about what you can gain, lying makes good sense sometimes in the short run. Because if you can trick someone or deceive someone for your own gain, you may feel like you're getting ahead. But here's the thing. God is not mocked. The Bible says if you want to follow God, you're to tell the truth. Those are old ways. And let me tell you about lying, okay? Lying can become a habit. I've met people who lie, and then guess what? It's easier to tell the next lie. And not only does it get easier, now there's pressure because what? You told one lie. So now it's like a little cancer. It's grown. So it's always best to start off telling the truth. And we, we tell our children this all the time. And unfortunately, many children either weren't taught that or didn't receive that teaching, and they've done what? They've continued on that path. I mean, I, 
I'm amazed at the people I encounter who just lie. And you're like, hey, well, that wasn't true. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't know that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, does that somehow a good plan? You know, and this happens in business. It happens in relationships. It happens individually, collectively. Look, a mark of integrity is that you tell the truth even when it hurts, most especially when it hurts. And here's the problem. If you start down a path of telling lies, you can even begin to believe them yourself. And then the truth becomes so distorted that you don't even know what it is. Um, person that I've watched some um, about just kind of human psychology and different things is a guy named Jordan Peterson, and he talks very, quite a bit about telling the truth and how lying affects all the things that you do. And it's so important. It even goes back to, like I said, what the Bible says here. The truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, the source of ultimate truth. And so part of us as followers' call is to tell the truth. Now, we find ourselves in situations sometimes where the truth hurts. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But we have to decide, are we going to be truth bearers or are we going to say what's convenient in the moment? And this is very difficult, depending on your level of influence, depending on your circumstances. But I can tell you this, if you don't make a decision that you're going to be a person who walks in integrity and is going to tell the truth no matter the cost, when the, when the difficult times come, you'll falter. It's very easy to tell the truth when it's beneficial. Very few people have any problem telling the truth when it's beneficial to them. Or the, it's a neutral situation. How you can really tell do you walk in integrity is do you tell the truth whenever the truth hurts. Okay, so number one, mark of integrity is we got to tell the truth even when it hurts. People should know us by someone who always tells the truth. The second mark of integrity that I want us to look at is this. Integrity means keeping a promise when you would rather not. Basically keeping your word, even when you'd rather not do it. I want you to listen to what Psalms chapter 15 says. It's the Psalms, one of the shortest Psalms in the Bible. It's five verses. It says, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Obviously, these are rhetorical questions. The psalmist is saying, who is worthy? Who can come and worship? Who actually can enter? And then he answers it, so he throws out a rhetorical question, and then he answers it with this. Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. All right? Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. These are the people God wants to worship freely, all right? Those who do that. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. And here's the one. A lot, there's a lot there you could unpack, but this one says, and keep their promises even when it hurts. Listen, there's plenty of opportunity out there to break your promises, to break your word. And it's much easier when it hurts. And we're supposed to be people who keep our promises even when when it hurts, even whenever we would rather not do that. All of us have gotten ourselves in situations, relationships, business situations, all sorts of things where it would be much easier not to keep our word. And we all fail and we all struggle. The more we walk in integrity, the less we do those things. The more we follow through on what we say we're supposed to do, even whenever it's not easy or we would rather not do that. This is the true mark of integrity. Okay. Now, we ask ourselves, 
you know, this is very difficult. How do we become the kind of people who keep our promises or keep our word, follow through? I jotted down a few of them that I thought were very interesting. Number one, I guess you could say if you're keeping notes like that, is watch your words. Have you ever noticed some of us talk too much? It's, you know, just watch what you say. Don't talk too much. B, make fewer promises. Look, make fewer commitments. You know, one of my greatest challenges is making commitments that I can't keep in my schedule or in some way I say, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I don't, I don't, I'm not prepared to follow through. Well, here's the reality. That's not walking in integrity. I'd love, I, wish, I wish I could say it's something different, and I can absolutely justify it to a certain degree. Well, I'm busy or I got this, but truthfully, that's not walking in integrity. And when you do it, you're not either. It's not that you're flighty. It's not that you're scatterbrained. Those things are true. It might be that, you know, you're disorganized. Well, it's, all those things could be true, but at the end of the day, it's not really walking in integrity because integrity says I'm going to follow through. And so that's one of the things that I really have to, to work on in terms of making fewer promises that I might not be able to deliver on. The intent might be good, but if you can't follow through on it, then it, you, didn't, you, you weren't walking in integrity. See, if you can't, don't say you can. D, if you don't know, say you don't know. You ever know some people just, they know everything. They got to give an answer. They want to tell you something. Look, walking in integrity and keeping your word means, hey, if you don't know, say you don't know. Avoid rash vows, especially when you're emotional. How many people say things, make commitments when they're emotional, either angry, really, really happy, or anything like that, and then they can't follow through on them? And then learn to say no. All these are little practical things. But there are ways that we can truly walk in integrity. Now, I'm not here to beat you up. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to beat myself up. I look at my own failures and my own flaws, and I say, okay, wait a minute. I can either pretend that those are not true, but who wants to do that? No, I want to I face the reality. These are my weaknesses. These are my failures. These are the areas that I need to do better in, and so I need to work towards becoming better and walking in integrity. To me, that's a much better option than just pretending like that doesn't exist. See, that's, that's the antithesis of integrity. It's people who live in a mindset that's, that's not based in reality, that doesn't see their own flaws and their own failures and their own weaknesses. And we don't want to do that. As Christians, we want to constantly be getting better and walking in integrity. It's not to say that we're a bad person or that we're bad people. We, we just make mistakes. We engage in the wrong types of behaviors or don't engage in the right behaviors. So what do we do? we got to make those necessary adjustments. And I can tell you, if we can learn to do that and truly learn to tell the truth even when it hurts and keep our promises or our word even when we would rather not, man, so many things are better about our life, not only in our personal intrapersonal self, but in the interpersonal relationships that we have around us. And the third mark of integrity that I want us to look at is that integrity means that you confront problems when it would be easier to walk away. Again, it's been a very difficult week because these are some of the things that I struggle with. All right? Listen to this verse from Proverbs chapter 27, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You see, so many of us don't want to be confronted when we're wrong. We take it personal. And as a result, because of that little environment exists, we don't want to confront somebody else. 
when they're wrong. We don't want to confront a problem when that problem arises. Look, I can't throw stones at anybody because this is one of, one of my great flaws, is I just want to pretend that the problem doesn't exist sometimes, and I don't want to address it. Some of you may remember um, Norman Schwarzkopf. How many of you remember that name? Raise your hand. Some of you. He, who was he, Todd? All right. He was the general during the Persian Gulf War, absolutely. Well, someone asked him one time what was his secret of leadership, all right? And I want you to listen to what he said, because this has always struck me. He says, I never walk past a problem. I never see something wrong and forget about it. I always stop and confront it right there. He was someone who was willing to walk in integrity in the sense that he addressed whatever the problem was that he saw. Now, the interesting thing about that is that can go wrong on a few different instances. See, some of us struggle. We don't want to deal with the problem because we know that there's a price to pay to deal with the problem. It doesn't matter. There's going to be some price to pay, whether it's an emotional price, whether it's a time price, whether it's, you know, it could be something else. So we, some of us avoid that because we don't want to deal with it. All right. We know it's true. We know it needs to be dealt with, but we don't want to do it right then. Now, other people are the kind of people who, want, who love problems, and they want to beat somebody else up, and they don't back down from problems, but they're off base because they're not really interested in the real solution. They're just interested in blaming somebody else or doing We don't want to choose that path. We want to, we want to walk in integrity and confront and deal with problems when they arise. I read a story one time that has stuck with me. I have not learned the lessons as well as I needed to have, but... <clears throat> A guy asked a pastor of a very large church in Chicago, what was his secret? He had grown one of the largest congregations to his ministry, or what advice could he give a young pastor? And he basically said something to this effect. He said, whenever I see a problem, I learned early on, he said, through great pain, that the first price that you pay to solve the problem is always the cheapest. He said, because anything you do to let the problem continue growing will always cost you more later. And I'm going to tell you, in my own life, whether it's in personal relationships, whether it's in business relationships, whether it's in friendships, whatever, whether it's in intrapersonal relationships, pay the price first. When the problem arises, when there's a challenge, pay the price to figure out how to deal with it right then. Because it never really just goes away. You bury it and guess what? It multiplies and comes back later. In your personal relationships, when there's a problem between man and a woman and you, neither person wants to address it, thinking that it's just going to go away, does it ever go away? Nope. It's only going to come back bigger. If you've got a friend and you and your friend, and this is somebody you care about and you want to you know, have a friendship and there's something that's really bothering one or the other but they won't address it, and you just pretend like it doesn't exist and you don't address it, does it go away? No. If you don't address it, it'll either grow and grow until it blows up or till one of the other parties says, well, the friendship's not worth it. I'm not dealing with that. Whereas had they addressed the issue at the very beginning in a business partnership, in any number of things, is it takes integrity and courage to confront problems when it would be easier to walk away, whatever it is. 
in your life, what are the challenges that you need to confront that it's just so much easier to walk away from personally in your own life? See, there's some things that you know are a problem inside in the way you think, some of the habits that you have, some of the behaviors, some of the things that are going on. And see, those are a real problem, and you know it. You have enough self-awareness to recognize it, but it's just easier not to deal with it. So you basically, in essence, walk away from it, pretend it doesn't exist. Don't do the work that it's going to take to address it or to figure it out. It's not going to go away. And it's going to continue to cost more and more and more until ultimately, if you let it, it'll totally diminish who you are as a person and consume everything about you. And sometimes you won't even know it. We see people who allow this to happen with substance abuse or with any other forms of addiction, but it doesn't have to be anything that drastic. It could be something as simple as poor thinking habits, bad personality traits that we don't want to address that just continue to grow and get bigger and bigger until we begin to isolate ourselves from people, and ultimately they become bigger than us. In your own personal relationships, are you willing to address those things at work? Are you willing to be a person of integrity when you see something happening? Do you, hey, let's do this right now. I mean, there's nothing more difficult to me, to someone who likes people, wants everybody to get along, wants everybody to be on, is to, to have that confrontational meeting. Like, come in here and let's, let's talk about this right now. And some people are better at that than others. I'll give, you know, I will say, you know, in my experience, Todd, he, he does really good with that. Not, in, not in, a, in a very positive way. When he worked with me uh, in, one of, in my company, I mean, he was able to sit down because he, he cared about a person. There was no hidden agenda. And it was a difficult conversation at times. And all the while, I'm just thinking, oh, man, I'm just thinking about what they're thinking, what I'm thinking, all this other kind of stuff. Because, and that's not, truthfully, walking in integrity. Walking in integrity is dealing with the problem when it arises, not pretending that it doesn't exist or that, hey, it exists, but it's going to go away if I don't deal with it. And this is very, very important. As Christians, we should walk in integrity and confront these challenges. We see Jesus did that, right? Jesus maneuvered through his life, addressing the problems as they arose. Think about how much easier it would have been for Jesus to try to get the Pharisees on board than to be in constant conflict with them. I mean, there had to be a real temptation just to say, look, man, do we really, let's, let's all work together against a common enemy, the Romans or whatever, and let's, let's, just, let's just figure out where we have common ground. But truthfully, Jesus recognized that that wasn't the path that he was called to take. He was called to confront them, and he did it. Even at tremendous, tremendous personal cost. I, mean, I don't even know that it can get more costly than having your hands nailed to a cross and having your feet nailed to the cross and a crown of thorns put on your head. Listen, Jesus was willing to confront the problems and make the sacrifice no matter the cost, which is ultimately the most perfect demonstration of integrity. When we think about the ancient path this morning and we contemplate how we should live and maneuver. We want to remember the ancient path is a way of integrity. And that means that we tell the truth. We're honest with people. If we haven't been honest, we need to start being honest. 
If we've got to go make right some of the things, let's do that. We've got to keep our promise, keep our word, which may mean we've got to be careful in how we use our words, but we've just got to step up and do that. And then we've got to be willing to confront problems, even whenever it costs, and we need to do it at that time. Let's get a couple questions this morning before we go into our communion. As we think about this, I wonder, will we choose the path of integrity? I mean, you got to choose that. Like, your nature will not take you down a path of integrity. The Bible says that all of us are sinners and that we have a sin nature. And the natural tendency is going to gravitate towards self-preservation and to what we want and to say what we want that's most convenient for us. So we have to choose a path of integrity. And so I ask you, will you choose the path of integrity? Are you willing to say today, look... I am going to make a commitment to walk in a path of integrity in all facets of my life. And that leads us to this other question that we have to really contemplate is, am I willing to do what it takes to make these things right? Because when you make a commitment to walk in integrity, it might be a change of direction in some ways, maybe in how you relate to certain people, how you relate to certain situations. And you might need to do something to make things right. For instance, I've met people... Who, who like Zacchaeus. You remember the story of Zacchaeus? Remember the guy that Zacchaeus was, the wee little man, the wee little man was he, climbed up in the sycamore tree and, you know, because Jesus he wanted to see. And it's a little story. But if you follow that story to the end, so Zacchaeus had not been a man of integrity. He was a tax collector who was skimming off the top and he had become very, very wealthy. And so he encounters Jesus and by all practical purposes decides to become a Christian, which means he wants to follow the teachings of Jesus. And so now he recognizes that he's got to become a man of integrity. And you remember what he did? He, he had to go make it right. He had to go find all the people that he had stolen the money from. And do what? Give it back to them. See, he was willing to make it right. And that's what's hard is because really making it right isn't just about, it's not just about the money, it's the humility and the humbling of oneself to say, look, I made a mistake. I didn't do what was right. And this is so important is we really need to recognize that a huge part of our following the path that God has for us is our ability to say we were wrong and our ability to make it right. Ultimately, that is what the message of the cross is all about. We can't be right fully. We can try and we strive and we should, but ultimately the way that we're right is through Jesus's death on the cross. And as a result of him making us right, we're going to do all we can to try to make things right, not only in our own life, but in the lives of the people who are around us. And so I want to encourage you, as Bob comes to share in this communion with us, that we'll think about walking in integrity. When the opportunity arises this week to operate from some other place that will operate from a place of integrity. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your demonstration of integrity to come to this earth. 
to overcome sin and brokenness, to live a life that was so meaningful. Help us, Lord, to follow along this path in our own life, to tell the truth to others, to follow through and keep our word, and to confront the issues as we see them in love and for your kingdom's sake. I pray you would help us to do what is necessary to be men and women of integrity here at the Pineville Christian Church. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.